Star Wars 7x7 episode 2357. We're continuing our deeper looks into the Disney Investor Day announcements from last week. And today we are talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, we got some new news about that, some rather remarkable news. And I'm sure you have read a lot about the announcements here and there and seen tweets and social media posts and whatnot, but perhaps you haven't heard Kathleen Kennedy actually tell you the news herself. And so here from the Disney Investor Day is Kathleen Kennedy talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Last August at the D23 Expo in Anaheim, we announced the return of Ewan McGregor in the iconic role of Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi for a special event series on Disney+. Obi-Wan Kenobi begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith, where he faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker turned evil Sith Lord, Darth Vader. Our fans will be thrilled that Hayden Christensen will be returning in the role of Darth Vader. This will be the rematch of the century. The series is directed by Deborah Chow, coming off the great work she did with us as a director on season one of The Mandalorian. Production will begin in March of next year. All right, so let's talk about a couple of things about this. First of all, the announcement that it's going to be 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. This is actually a change. So it used to be eight years after Revenge of the Sith. That was what the initial announcement was at D23. I'm not saying that they can't change it. Of course they can change it. I'm just saying, hey, if you thought it was eight, now it's 10. But that's interesting also because of the fact that Solo A Star Wars Story takes place in basically that same year, which would be nine BBY, nine years before the Battle of Yavin. All right, so let's talk about a couple of things about this announcement. First of all, Kathleen Kennedy says it takes place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. So this is an update. We were previously at eight years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. So this is now putting the events of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series at nine BBY, nine years before the Battle of Yavin. And interestingly enough, that actually means it takes place after the majority of the events of Solo A Star Wars Story. So the opening of Solo took place in 13 BBY, and then the majority of the events of the movie took place in 10 BBY. And that opens up some very interesting storytelling possibilities that we will get to in just a moment. But there is some information that I have to share with you first that wasn't available on the Investor's Day field, uh, public feed. So... Here's how that works, right? There's a public presentation, and maybe this is why the Investor's Day presentation was slated to be four hours, but the actual public version is around three and a half because there are elements that are not shown to the general public. They're only shown to Disney shareholders. And thankfully, there are some Disney shareholders or people associated with Disney shareholders who were able to report on the goings-on behind the scenes. In this particular case, a person named Cameron Bonamolo wrote for comicbook.com an update about the things that were shown only to investors. 
And a lot of that includes quotes from Ewan McGregor and from Deborah Chow, who is the showrunner for the series. Uh, Ewan McGregor says that there's a hunger for this character to come back, and the fans have been waiting long enough, you know? And then Deborah Chow says, this is quite a dark time that we're coming into with him just being a Jedi. It's not safe. There are Jedi hunters out there. So we'll come back to that one in a moment as well. McGregor says he has this one task left, which is to keep Luke safe. We start on Tatooine and we go on a rollicking adventure. That ties into the first thing that I said, wait a minute. <laughs> and they also say that we couldn't tell the story of Obi-Wan Kenobi without addressing Anakin or Vader. That's Deborah Chow. And then Ewan McGregor says, the most beautiful thing of all is that it's brought me back together with Hayden. It'll be amazing to bring those characters back together again, very unexpectedly. And McGregor says, having another swing at each other might be quite satisfying for everybody. We hope that you enjoy it as much as we're going to enjoy making it. And there are also descriptions of concept art on the story, and I'll link to that in the blog post for the show's episode and in the show notes for audio and video versions, but be that as it may. The big takeaway, I think, from this is the whole rollicking adventure that we're getting off of Tatooine. The idea of Obi-Wan leaving Luke for a time is kind of fascinating. And the notion of Jedi hunters out there suggests that Obi-Wan is either going to, you know, trigger the attention of Jedi hunters after he leaves Tatooine, or Jedi hunters are possibly going to be looking for him and tracking him to Tatooine, and he's going to have to book it off of there so that way he can bring, he can lure the Jedi hunters away from Luke Skywalker. Now, the other thing I was alluding to from a story perspective, as far as the time frame of this goes, is that since it takes place the year after the events of Solo, a Star Wars story, this kind of puts us in a rather fascinating position for the potential of any crossover or any characters wandering into the Obi-Wan Kenobi series in some fashion, particularly Maul, who has a very long and tormented relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we know he's still around and kicking. He is the head of the Crimson Dawn Syndicate and maybe the whole Shadow Collective? I'm not sure by this point, but Kira is moving up the ranks of Crimson Dawn and is coming to Maul's attention in an even more prominent way. So the idea of going on a rollicking adventure that gets Obi-Wan off Tatooine certainly opens the door for potential interactions with Darth Maul to say nothing of Jedi Hunters or Darth Vader himself. And speaking of Darth Vader, that's the last thing that I want to flag for you. But first, before I do that, this is a quick self-promotional note about the YouTube channel for Star Wars 7x7, which is approaching 500 subscribers. And if you catch the show on YouTube and you have not subscribed yet, I hope today's the day that you'll consider doing that. And if you know folks who would prefer to get their daily dose of Star Wars joy via video, then I hope that you will share this show with them on YouTube. Or if you're listening to the audio version and you'd like to see what my face looks like if you don't know it yet already, or you want somebody else to go look at my face, then please, by all means, refer anyone and everyone you know to sw7x7.com slash YouTube. That'll get you there. Also, youtube.com slash sw7x7. Flip around, whatever. It's going to work either way, but I hope you will help me get to a modest goal of 500 subscribers before the end of the year, and thank you very much for your support. All right, so Darth Vader. 
Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. This is a beautiful, wonderful casting situation. I love it, I love it. And I'm fascinated by it because what I really want to know is whether Hayden has been cast only to be in the Darth Vader armor. And I feel like the answer to that has to be no. The reason why I think that is because if that were the case, then they could have put any number of folks inside the Darth Vader armor. They had two different folks in the armor for his appearance in Rogue One, for example. So, you know, why wouldn't they just have a stunt performer be inside Darth Vader's armor if it was just going to be Darth Vader in armor, right? And even at the end of Revenge of the Sith, when it's Hayden Christensen in the Darth Vader armor, the voice is still provided by James Earl Jones. So you imagine that a Darth Vader in armor in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series would be voiced by James Earl Jones or heaven forbid if he is unable to do it then by someone for example like Scott Lawrence who did it for Vader Immortal and does it very well and we know he's going to show up in the armor because they're talking about a confrontation between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader as part of this so you know it has to happen like that but I just can't imagine them casting Hayden Christensen for this unless they plan on showing that man's handsome face for everyone to see, which means going into flashback modes and things like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. All right, that's what we've got on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7 we hope you love it. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.